Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You're listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, a Texas Tech athletics podcast where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. All right, what is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I am your host, Spencer, joined, as always, by Michael. Michael, what's up, man? Man, I'm just, I'm just rolling. I'm just rolling through this weekend, recovering from all these wins. Just, so many. Just bathing in wins. That's all That's all there is. Just surrounded by it. Suffocated by wins, practically. Texas Tech went something like 6-0 and over the weekend. I believe it. Maybe 7-0. and Also eight. depends on how you count the, uh, the Red Black Series victories. <laughs> Tag those on Texas Tech's winning those games. Absolutely, they are. 2 0 on the season. Um, started off, I don't know how far you want to go back, Thursday uh, with some Lady Raider basketball. No, that was on Friday with the soccer. That was, game. That was Friday. There's nothing on Thursday. Maybe it was volleyball versus West Virginia. Well, volleyball was on Friday too. Oh, well, then who played on Thursday? Somebody I don't know. played on Thursday. Texas Tech basketball last week. The men Football. played on Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. There were those matches on Friday. Uh, women's basketball, uh, volleyball, and soccer. And then yes. football on Saturday. Men's basketball on Sunday. I think there's another Lady Raider game in there somewhere. Yep, Lady Raiders played Monday night. Monday night. Won. There you go. Yeah. And the Red and Black Series fall baseball series started on, on Monday. Just beautiful. So uh, it's been a lot of winning this weekend for Red Raiders. Typical. Yeah. Typical tech. Just be, because because you said typical, it just, I'm sure people are keeping up with uh, A&M firing Fisher. Yes. Just thought about how typical it was, just the hubris of, of those down in college station. I hesitate to call them brethren, just fellow Texans. <laughs> Even that feels weird to claim them. Um, to fully guarantee that man's contract. Um, and then to fire him and then to pay essentially what he was already guaranteed again, um, to not coach. I mean, God love them. They are a bunch of, freaking idiots down there i don't know how it's this is legal at this point i feel like there's this much money and it's a public institution and people can cry from which coffer it comes from well it's not from the it's not from the puf it's from uh you know from <laughs> the you, athletics fund and it's like well okay but the school is still getting billions from the puf that they don't have to use 
to fund athletics. So yeah, whatever. I mean, it's just kind of, it doesn't matter which pot it's coming from, but it, it's just so wild to me to have a public university have this type of debt to one person and then eventually his entire staff, which is just, which is just going to be a fraction of that. I saw a tweet. It was a Reddit CFB today. And it said something like, um, you know, there's rumors that Chip Kelly is going to get fired. And now that Jimbo Fisher's fired, they should create a podcast and call it fish and chips. <laughs> and, and then every episode will just be sponsored by roughly how much Texas A&M paid him during the time it took to record that episode. So this episode brought to you by Texas A&M University. Yeah. With a generous $20,000 donation in the last 45 minutes. Appreciate it. No, I think it's, it's, I only, it's less than that. Cause I, I think I saw he's making like $26,000 a day <laughs> from A&M, which again, is ridiculous. I understand that. That's, that's 26 K a day to not work somewhere because he wasn't good enough. He, it was sounds he, like one of those fake YouTube bad. comments where, where someone's bad. like, it's just those bots when someone gets on a YouTube channel and there's a popular video and it's just, I make 130 K per day doing the job that I love so much. Okay. Yeah. All right. Jimbo bot. Jim bot. <laughs> Jim bot. This, no, this, it's, it's, it's just insane to, and, and to have apparently made that decision on Thursday. And then for them before, to just roll on Saturday. Oh, also to destroy a conference opponent. I, I saw this thrown out there too. Just the um the audacity to, to have the the twelfth man foundation present that hundred <laughs> million dollar check at the game at halftime. Yeah. Like this will be going to Jimbo officially. Yeah, we, we might as well. I don't know why we're it handing over. it to you. Is Jimbo in halftime? I mean it was like a let's like, get it back out. I think it was like a hundred and sixty million dollar check. So like, like yeah. Not even half of it, just just gone. But like, also, that's the kind of money they're just playing around with down there. I wish the memo on the check was something a little bit more interesting, like "Fresh Start, <laughs> Fresh Start 2024." Could start sooner than that if you, um, as as we were prepping for for the podcast, and looking for our, our man stats of war to update his game preview graphics. He's been heavily involved with the Deion Sanders rumors. Ah. Um, and a lot, a lot of, a lot of people have asked Sanders already uh, about this And Parker at stats of wars. Like he's like quote tweeting all the things coming out from Sanders and his camp and basically saying, that's not a denial. He's not <laughs> because what Sanders is saying is like, we're here we're we're focused on yeah. winning all that kind of stuff. Not that like, yeah. no, I'm not doing it. It's like, I'm here. Well, currently, sure. <laughs> You're game planning for whatever Arizona I'm here. State. About seven subways. <laughs> I don't know why I sound like Randy Savage when I'm doing my Dion impression. That's awful. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, uh, Dion. You can hold on to those subways if you uh <laughs> if you relocate your home address. But also, it just brought up the thought. I don't know why we're spending so much t- time thinking about Texas A&M. Like, okay, sure, you went after Jimbo Fisher. And it was kind of a weird move at the time. But, like, 
who who are you going after now? Like who is who is available or in the realm of possibility, which is everybody to them, but like who? Well, and I didn't I I say this. I don't remember what I had for breakfast yesterday, but I don't think I thought it was a crazy hire so much. It was the contract. Yeah. That just floored me. And you, you know, just the the assumption and the declarations and the the oh, well, we have Jimbo, so here come the national championships. It's just how this works. How many did and he win at Florida State? One, maybe? Yeah, how many did he win? I mean, I think Jameis is probably Jemias? more responsible. <laughs> is crab legs? What? Uh, yeah. But Anyways. yeah, I, I it, it was it wasn't a crazy hire to me. It was just the no, it, every, it was all the the agified version of a, a somewhat pretty good normal hire that could have could get things moving. Obviously, did got a lot of recruits. Had but they've always had success classes with recruiting. Sure, sure. But then they joined the SEC and they kept up. So props, but. I was, yeah. like, like to your point, like when, when they announced Jimbo Fisher, like, okay, sure. Like I, I can see that. I mean, I, I don't know if I would have done that, but, but they like, oh, you fully guaranteed his contract. You dumbass. <laughs> wow. There's no incentive now for him to win. They should have, they should have guaranteed his contract and, some form of crypto that's probably now defunct. Hey. Oh, sorry. Hey, whoops. Hey, we're back. My bad. Um, but yeah, like, like put it on I Celsius even, coin. This was all on Celsius coin. This was going through the roof. Rock coin. And it's gone. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I, I'm not, I've not been paying attention. So I'm, I guess Sanders is an actual, like maybe you can kind of bank on that and like actually have some, a program with means behind it to like literally let him do whatever the heck he wants to do. Beyond that, like, like could he bring his, 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 his Louie, his Louie baggage from Colorado? <laughs> could they transfer again? I don't know, man. I, I, I expect him to not be at Colorado for, I, I mean, what? Two years, yeah. I, I pictured him at Colorado two or three at the most, but going to A and M after year one was not something I would predict. Who knows? Who knows though? He he might like being back down in Texas. He might like. He might. He's about to go through his first winter in Denver. Just be like, hey, forget that, guys. Yeah, like uh, <laughs> you know what? It's hard to. I mean, well, actually, it's not Texas. his first one. It's not his first one because there was footage of him last year driving his his exotic hypercar in the snow. <laughs> of course. Because I think he got there right, you know, in the middle of winter. So it's not his first winter. That's true. He's He's been there. But I, I don't know, man. It, anything could happen. I, I love that Cliff Kingsbury's name is getting thrown around. Uh, someone on Twitter had a theory that basically Cliff's agent just reached out to some of the sports guys and said, Hey, just put Cliff's name in the, just kind of circulate it. Just kind of put, put it at the end of this tweet. Just get it out there. See how that works out, how it's received. Yeah. 
Um, bring it, yeah, but I I like the aspect of that. Just yeah, bring him home. Who did that? Wait, read one of the one of our Picador friends did that. Yeah, good times. Sent that this week. I, I we, had we no idea we were going to talk about we, this. We have a lot of text tech stuff to talk about. We've just spent 10, 10 minutes talking about the, the Aggies. Um, oh, man. What are they doing? Soccer. We've got soccer again coming up this week because they won on Friday. So we're talking about that. We've got recap of Kansas, preview of UCF, basketball debris pie, update on a recording and release schedule. We're going on vacation, guys. Heads up. Um, and all that in... 60 minutes, 60 minutes of us. No, just kidding. There'll be far more than 60 minutes, but <laughs> Michael, let's get to football. Ready to talk about some football. So, um, Texas tech soccer team, number two in the NCAA tournament. And then the seed number two seed defeated Florida Gulf coast Friday. One nil, uh, get to host again this Friday, seventh seed Princeton. 6 p.m. We will face the winner of North Carolina, Alabama, who play at 2.30 also here on Friday. We'll play that winner Sunday. Oh, you're already just predicting it. You just said they will play that winner. Well, I mean, on, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm, well, I'm, I'm calling a shot here. They're going to win game two here and face North Carolina. On Sunday. Well, it's it's really awesome. You know, they showed the footage from Friday. Uh, like 2,000 people in the stands, I think, just about. And it was a not super. It's not great it was a weather cool, night. <laughs> it was a cool night, to put it lightly. Then the fans showed out in force. I expect it'll be even more, uh, you know, more crowded and, and more folks in the stands and on the sidelines this weekend so love to see it love that the uh, lady raiders sorry love that they have made it this far they have been this dominant this long only one loss so far on the year and you know get to try to move on further in the tournament Mm -hmm. in front of a home crowd on their on their home turf yep so you can catch that John Walker Soccer Complex, 6 p.m. Friday night here on the lovely campus of the Texas Tech University. Um, weather, high of 63. So a little cloudy, a little cool, but nice. Not it's good football weather, man. It's, it's gonna good be all football right. weather. Speaking of good football weather, you uh, didn't have to endure any kind of bitter cold while you made the trip to Lawrence. Lawrence, no rain like that was uh, hampering the game down in Florida. Um, you took care of business, though. You did win 16 to 13 on the road versus a ranked opponent. First ranked opponent victory on the road since 2018 for Texas Tech. Y'all can do the math. That's five years of not winning against a ranked opponent. Um, was that Oklahoma State game that we watched at your house, Michael? Was that the last ranked opponent yes. Texas Tech won on the road? Uh, and that was what, 18? I think so. And then it all went downhill from there. Yeah, we had a massive podcast recording afterwards, like 18 oh, yeah. people around the table. It's like a panel. 
we had to borrow microphones. I think we, I think people share shared microphones. Yeah. I had to pass around. And I was like, there's an actual radio host in here and I don't know how to do this. <laughs> Anyways, good times. Had lots you of good food it. that night. I remember we had great we stuff. Um, not really much else I want to talk about the game besides what we talked about. We had a really long instant reaction. So if you want to go back, it wasn't even instant. It was several hours after the fact. We had time to already ruminate on it before we, we got back together to record. Um, essentially, you'll need to figure out your offense. You can't go 40 minutes of game time or whatever it was without scoring. I think it was even longer than that. Uh, Kyle um, with the Gauchos actually found out it was the exact same scoring drought minutes to the second in the Wyoming game. You had that same oh, gosh. scoring drought in those two games. Uh, one, you figured out a way to win. Two, you didn't. Um, so the plus side there, you won this game. You had to do it against a, a, a backup quarterback, but a backup quarterback that was able to move the ball at times. Uh, the rush, rushing game, um, potent as it as it was, held mostly in check. I did hear that DeRuder was talking about and his uh, weekly press conference uh, appearance today um, that on that big option run that scored their only touchdown, like they had a couple guys unblocked and that was by, by design, right? Uh, of, of the offensive design. Um, they had guys in place to make the tackle and missed. Um, and that, that sort of thing happens, right? Like you can't expect a hundred percent execution on every play, every down from all 11 guys. Sometimes sure. a guy's going to trip. He's going to fall. He's not going to be able to bring a, a a running back of the caliber of Devin Neal down as as you know one on one in space like it happens, and to only have a play like one play in a game like that, um, I mean, I, I, hard to to bicker about a a game where on the road you gave up thirteen points. Mm-hmm. It sucks that your offense was had to scrape together and, and, and put together a drive in the last 26 seconds to put you in field goal position uh, and range for Gino Garcia to nail that one. But he was named special teams player of the week for the Big 12. It went, uh, what was it, three for four? Two for three? Yeah, and that he had that one that I felt like it was kind of a rushed one too. Just something about it was off. It, it didn't feel... Yeah, and it felt like all of his misses, I felt like I didn't, something I didn't, weird about it. Yes. <laughs> I don't think I've really yet to fault him for a miss, which that may be showing favoritism on my part. But yeah. Like, I, so like just, that, um, the, the miss he had what was it, last week against uh, TCU. Um, it was really, was it, it was really far? Really long, but I think it was like interrupted too. There's like a timeout or something or mm. no, it was like a penalty. No, that, that was the one he missed this week against Kansas. It got backed up on like a false start or something. Um, and he missed the, the, the second, I don't know. Anyway, it didn't matter. Three for four this past weekend, nailed the game winner, big 12 special teams player of the week. Uh, going back to defense really quickly before we move on. Deruder was talking about Kansas's red zone efficiency, their offense. We talked about in their preview. They're really, really good at ending drives and points and especially in touchdowns. Kansas made only three trips into the red zone. You held them to two field goals and a turnover on downs. Yeah. And that's, that was just how close this game was with, with an offense that, and I mean, attack offense that just couldn't score. You had one 
busted play or one bad play where the you know Kansas's star running back was able to get into the end zone and outside of that even when they had the ball on the 3 yard line and had four attempts or whatever it was mm-hmm. to to make it in did not do so i have I, i'm working on a little something for you give me just like another 30 seconds i have been way too um excited about the points per game that this Texas tech defense is allowing. Okay. So I've been way too excited about it. And so I tracked like the last 11 seasons and I just want people to understand what this team has done and I could go further back, but it's just taken longer to load. I think I don't know. This new website just takes a while. I think it was in the broadcast. They said this was before the game, you know, as you were allowing, what was it? twenty? nine points or 26 points per game. It was yeah, the lowest it had been since 2009. Okay. Um, okay. Let me go back to 2009. Cause I haven't gone back that far, but All right. your defense in, in 2008 wasn't as good. Seven, not, not, not good. Uh, and oh, gosh, I, don't, no. I don't remember anything previous to seven. Cause I wasn't a Texas tech fan. I wasn't watching Texas tech football back then. I don't, I haven't done historical deep dives. That's not, <laughs> I haven't done that. Probably won't, but from okay, my so time as a, as, a, as a Texas Tech fan, this is the best scoring defense I've ever seen. Oh, wow. I did not remember 2009 being that good. The The defense so two, was, uh, was especially, like it was better than you would have thought. 2009 allowed 23.2 points per game. So right now, Texas Tech is allowing 24.4. So that is still in about as recent history as I'm willing to go down. That's about as as good um, as it's been for probably some people's lifetimes. And let's see, 2008 was 26.9. So still nothing to sneeze at. All right, sorry, Spencer. I'm I'm a completionist here, so I've got to go. I've got to do two, 2010, 11, and 12, and then and then I'll share my findings. So if they said on the broadcast this is the lowest it's been since 2009, that's going to be my benchmark. But there are some really bad years in here, guys, and we lived through a lot of them. What was it like 2016? We were giving up something like 40 a game. You gave you gave up over forty three years in a row, Spencer. Oh my gosh, <laughs> three in a row, and that is not an exaggeration. Um, okay, I'm almost there. This website, I swear, since they switched over the all of the university websites over the summer, it's just been slow as molasses. Thirty nine point three. Okay, one more, and then I will actually start talking about these points. So 2008, as mentioned, 26.9 points per game. Fantastic. 2009, 23.2, probably the best of the last 30 years. I don't know. I haven't gone back that far. 2010, uh, that's Tuberville's first season. That jumped up a little bit to 32 points per game. The you next tried to season, run a three, four, without the guys to do it. Yeah, and then the next season, twenty eleven, jumped up again to thirty nine point three. That's a big jump. 
Yeah, so in two seasons, you've already seen two touchdowns added. More than two touchdowns, three scores, really. 2012 gets kind of back under control, 31.5. That was Art Kaufman. I remember him. He was yep. pretty good. And then Kingsbury comes in in 2013, oh, and that go. is 31 point. No, no, it's okay. First year, 2013 was okay for the first seven games. <laughs> so 31.6 points. Here's where it gets really crappy. When you fired Wallerstedt. So, so 2014, you averaged 41.4. Nope, 41.1. Sorry. 2015 is 41.4. Gosh. 2016, the year that everyone's like, oh, you had had Pat Mahomes and couldn't do anything. Well, the defense was giving up (laughs) 43.4 points per game. Uh, 2017, things shored up considerably. I mean, that was a heroically first year. Yes. So went from 43.5 to 32.2. 2018 was 30. It's huge. It's massive. 2018 is 31.1. 2019, year one of the Wells experience, 30.3. And I remember thinking like, Probably with how bad we've been burned, we can go, if we can just get a defense to allow 30 points a game, yeah. we'll, we'll be in. Yes. We'll be in it. Yes. Uh, 2020 COVID year, I'm counting it, whatever, 36.7. 2021, the Wells Cumbie show, 30.2. Last year, 29.2. And then right now, 24. Point four, which is really maddening to, to be only allowing 24.4 points per game and then um, have lost five of them. Yeah. 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 And, and offense, I should have, uh, I should have looked at both of them. So offense like scoring offense over the years. Yeah. 29.1. Right now is where tech is. That's, so I went down this 10 minute tangent. Sorry, Spencer. I know no, you didn't good. know I was going to do that. I didn't really either, but I've just been enamored by this number. It's just so incredible. It's historic what this defense is doing. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe since Southwest conference days or something. <laughs> Back when teams weren't scoring this many points anyways. Yeah. Aside from Oh nine which was an awesome blip on the radar, a nine win season. Super disruptive front that year. I remember that. And you had some very talented defensive backs, talented and opportunistic defensive backs. Mm -hmm. You had Brandon Sharp and Daniel Howard as your, your ends. I think combined, they had something like 16 or 17 sacks. Um, if not more, maybe maybe Sharp had more. Hold on. Brandon. He had he was putting up ridiculous numbers. Uh he had 15 by himself in 2009. So Jeez. excuse me. <laughs> yeah. He was how a dare freak. you how dare you short him? And I don't, I don't remember Howard also had a lot. He, he benefited from playing opposite of Sharp a lot. Um, 
Anyways, what you would do for a, a pass rush? I mean, you're doing this with, without a pass rush. You're you're relying on on your your run defense and your pass defense just to hold up. Your pass defense to to cover. Just just keep covering, guys. <laughs> Eventually, we'll uh, we'll have them throw out of bounds or something. Um, but yeah, historic performance so far. Absolutely. Uh, before yeah. we move on, when he, the, the a couple of injury updates. Uh, McGuire said that Mason Tharp is expected to be back this weekend. It's been a, a few weeks since you've seen him play. Quite a, quite a few, actually. Uh, I'm thinking about it. And yeah, Steve and a Lynn. few weeks since since you've seen anyone catch a ball in the middle of the field. So maybe that'll return. A tight end, yeah. Probably since uh, the Baylor game. And you had Ra- Raider Cup catching some passes. Mm. Um, <laughs> Cole Spencer's a possibility, but I, I think he had broken a bone in his foot. So I don't know how much you would... Kind of that, and also like your offensive line hasn't been terrible? Question mark. No, especially with all the shuffling and shifting around, and yeah, with um, Jacoby Jackson in there and um, Wilburn back at center. Tyler Owens is it going to be a game time decision with his ankle? Uh, McGuire said if it was a game today, he wouldn't play. But with uh, with his age and experience, um and not having to take as many uh, practice reps to be ready for a game. Um, he can focus more on, on rehab and recovery uh, and then being mature about this as, as you know, as a, a veteran player as he is um, may be able to go this weekend. So we'll see. Um, Cause this weekend you are, your magic number is one. You need one. You've got two chances to win one uh, to get to six and six. Sorry to get to six wins. If you win this weekend, you'll be six and five. Um, your chances took a considerable hit to win this game because of the resurgence of John Reese Plumley. He's back. He's doing, getting healthier, getting better on that leg. Um, according to team rankings, your your chances to win this game is probably probably a combination of your offensive struggles and Reese's health. Sorry, Reese Plumley's health. Uh, went from 66.7% down to 57.5. Still a favorite in this game. Um, almost a, not two to one, but in, in, in that in that realm, 60-40. Um, and you, you play at home. You've done well at home. Um, UCF is not a great road team. Uh, and you'll have the emotions of, of senior night. You're, you've got at least 30 seniors listed on the roster, uh, which I want to go through because it is senior night and they, they've all played uh, significant contributions. The team, even if they were just on scout team or you've never heard of their name, they, the way that McGuire runs his program, like each and every person is, is invaluable. It's not like, oh, this guy's just here, but especially as a senior. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go by position group. So here at the end, we can talk about like, holy crap, we're losing a lot of defensive backs because we are. Uh, quarterback Tyler Shuck, running back Taj Brooks. It was it, it was on Twitter today. I think it was uh, Perry that said, or was quoted as saying, it's kind of a foregone conclusion that that he will declare early for the NFL draft. Uh, especially looking at how the NFL values running backs, and it's more of a you have a certain number of carries, lifetime carries, in a running back, and if they're doing well, go ahead and and send them off. Oh yeah. Um. Wide receivers, Xavier White, Loic Fungi, 
Miles Price are all seniors. Um, Yikes. I, I, I didn't mark specifically if they were senior red shirt or super senior. Some of these guys may have the opportunity to come back for one more. Um, but no, these are the guys listed as a senior. So these are the guys you, you could possibly uh, lose. Tight ends, Baylor cup, Henry Teeter and Matthew young. Matthew Young's one of those guys. I, I, I don't, I don't recognize him at all. I believe he's a scout team, but like, again, important part of the program. Offensive lineman Landon Peterson, Caleb Rogers, Cole Spencer, Rusty Stats, Dennis Wilburn. Have you ever thought about getting a, a Cole Spencer and a Caleb Rogers jersey? No, I haven't. You should, you should um, consider it. Spencer wears uh, 70. Rogers is 76. There you go. So... Just like just wash it every day and leave the seven, you know, seventy six on there, uh, and then see if I can get both their nameplates kind of slashed on there. Yeah, Uh, I can't remember what number I wore when I played. I think it was seventy four or seventy seven. So it wouldn't even like work out. That was one of my numbers. Um, but yeah, no, I I hadn't hadn't thought about that. But I, I I didn't think it was interesting that that we have a. A combination of offensive linemen called named Spencer Rogers. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that I also played on the offensive line way back when. Uh, defensive linemen, Jalen Hutchings, Tony Bradford, Miles Cole, Quincy Ledette. Those hurt a lot. So basically you're, you're, you're too deep across yeah. the front. <laughs> um, outside of a data ray, um, and Esther's getting a lot of a lot of play there on the end. And who is the other guy that's been playing a lot more? Uh Marion Banks. He's been getting some play. But linebackers, Bryce Robinson, Tyreek Matthews, Steve Linton, Josiah Pierre. All four of those guys have contributed. Um Ty- Tyreek Matthews primarily on special teams, but I think even he got into some some game reps. Defensive backs, man, this is where it's gonna it's gonna hurt next year. You're gonna find a lot of guys, and you probably are. You've been trying to, you know, cover some of this with the way that you've been playing, guys. You've also had help with, you know, with injuries, unfortunately, kind of pressing guys into action this year. But defensive backs, Braylon Lux, Cameron Watts, Rayshad Williams, Daydream Taylor Demerson, Tyler Owens are all going to be exhausting their eligibility this season. And then specialists, Gino Garcia, Austin Smacknamara, and long snapper, Jacob Mauk. Mauk. Mauch. Don't know how to pronounce there it. Are, there are a lot of names on this list that are huge contributors. There are three names, I think, that are special teams. And, like, even then, like, like so, uh, not special teams, like, scout team and, like, Matthew Young. Long snapper. I don't know if, if this is the guy we use every every long snapper, but then everything else, everybody else, except for maybe Cameron Watts, um, has all played significant minutes, snaps, whatever you want to call it, for this team yes. this year. So we're gonna we're gonna see what the what the what the young kids are made of next year, possibly. Sure. And like you said, there's there's a chance a a, a good 
portion of the names you just read may have another year left that they want to use. I don't know how many more years we're going to, we're going to see the super senior hang around. I guess it technically could be two more years. You could have super seniors on your roster. I guess. Yeah. If they red shirted in 2020, you know, I guess you could six 25 maybe. So yeah, we'll have to see how they are, are re reloaded behind them. Uh, Obviously, love the the direction the recruiting has has gone under McGuire since he he got here. The guys he recruited have been um, definitely fast. I, I know that was kind of thrown around a lot last week when the, the comments came out about how fast J- Jason Bean was, but the recruiting classes have been historically fast. Um, and then see how they can develop and and produce next year and moving forward, but. Right now, we got a football game to win this week, Michael. Yes. S&P Plus 40th ranked Texas Tech taking on S&P Plus 41st ranked UCF. Go ahead and pencil in that victory for Texas Tech as they are the S&P, S, SP Plus winners here. Um, Remain to not be the best five-loss team in the country, which I'm okay with. I'd rather not pick up any more losses, but... um. At 40th, TCU is is still holding a lead on Texas Tech at 37. And then uh, they have six losses. Wisconsin with five at 38. This game this weekend, though, 4 p.m., which you and I both reacted on Twitter like, what? What are we doing? What, 4 p.m.? I don't think I've ever seen a 4 p.m. kick before. Yeah, I I listened to to the Gauchos this week, and apparently Collier went back as far as 1999. And I think that was the last time. No, I think he went. Uh, Rob said it right, and I'm going to screw it up. But I think he went as far back as 1999 and didn't see a 4 p.m. home kick. I think that's this could be one of very few, especially in the modern era. But I, I kind of, since I'm going, I'm, I'm actually going to the game. So I kind of don't hate it for that aspect because then hey i'm an i'm an older i'm an older chap now i get home at nine o'clock including you know if the game lasts four hours and it takes me an hour to get home to my car and all that kind of stuff hey that's it's not bad but it's it is just kind of strange it's a weird way to stagger it uh i I guess it makes sense but it's just kind of in that no man's land where everything's usually two two thirty or three and then six, six thirty or seven or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you've got this one. So right in the middle, probably no one's going to watch the beginning of it, except for tech fans, tech and UCF fans. No one's going to watch the end and, of it. Well, I mean, the only people who watch the end would be someone like me who on Saturday, I will search through my score app and I will just find the game. That's the closest and closest to the end. So, you know, a one point game, Going into halftime, I'm going to change that to like a one touchdown game in the fourth quarter, especially if the team down is driving and, you know, whoever it is. Like, all right. So th- there'll be some channel surfers that might tune in, but I just thought but it was all the way over to FS2. Odd. Yeah. FS. Well, that's a great point. That's just kind of a tough channel to find, apparently. Yeah. But 
The Knights are led by head coach Gus Melzon. Michael, I've got I've to confess here. I know nobody else can see it, but my, uh, my handle tonight on, on Riverside here is Malzon, Malzoniak. Um, I'm a big fan of his offense. Going back to the NCAA 14 video game days when I still played that game, that Malzon Auburn offense, because he was an Auburn way back then, was my was my favorite to run. <laughs> so, Malzoniak, I, is that a term that you just came up with? Yeah, for sure. I, I, I made it up. <laughs> He's a. Can you trademark and, that? Put it on a sweater. <laughs> A big, a uh, big fat head sign that like, if I were going to the game, I would carry. Like I'm a Malzoniac, but I'm a <laughs> Texas Tech fan, but I'm a Malzoniac. You would be treated so well. Uh, he's 13 and 10. Um, you know, if, if that was at, at Texas A&M, he, he would have been fired uh, and then paid lots of money to not coach. You know what, Michael? This is something that we need to talk about earlier. We're talking about the Aggies. Let's get into it. Not everybody is like fantastic at their job 100% of the time. Nope. You and I probably have had weird times and our, our our productivity just wasn't just wasn't where it was expected to be. Not that we were bad at our jobs. I'm I'm fantastic at my job, right? I oh, I, yeah. I, I know you are too. Yes. But to be fired for being not bad, <laughs> such a great, great place to be, man. I would love to be fired for being not bad. And then to be able to, to have generational wealth come out of it. Yes. And it's, it's not, it's basically them saying, even though they're not, they would never admit this and never say it. Cause you know, who knows how many hours he worked, what all he did. I don't think they ever had a losing season. Um, but it's the, the, the AD is basically saying it's not you, it's me. This is how you read it if you're if you're Jimbo. That's just how you take that. No matter what they told you, what you can take away from that room is well, that that was weird. Uh <laughs> guess I'm yeah, it, it's like someone breaking up with you for out of nowhere and just having no real good reason for it other than they're just going to they just decided they're going to do it. <laughs> I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Anyways, UCF coming so to town So I will this just weekend. fill it with cash. cash just bucket loads of cash to give to this man over a seven-year period. Buy him yeah, out. It's, it's going to be like like the um, those baseball player contracts that are paid out for many, many years after he's oh. gone on and retired. Yes. What's that one that's always talked about on um, Twitter? Is it? Uh, I can't remember it. It's it's always like happy whatever day Roberto for those who Clemente? celebrate. <laughs> Maybe so. Uh, this is terrible. I don't know this. Well, and the Rangers were playing a Rod for years, right? Yeah, we were paying Shinsu Chu for a while. Oh, that's right. Because he had a just yes. a ridiculous contract. Yes. Um. But that's pro sports. It's kind of like, ah, well, you know. Sign up for it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem. These are all adults. It has no connection to higher learning funded by the state of Texas. Oil money. And or, and or oil money from the Permian. Yeah. It has no connection to that whatsoever. Which, aside from probably a lot of the oil people do run Texas sports teams eventually. 
And I, I'm sure because they would get more money, like they get more money out of it now than if it were split the other way around, like if it was split evenly between all the, the public institutions. But even A&M is shafted by, by the, 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 the puff. Like, was it like one third, two thirds, or like even like one quarter, three quarters to Texas? It's something like that. Yeah. Like I, I saw it where like Texas is getting like billions, billions from the puff on this, this year. And a and get like hundreds of millions, like magnitudes more money. All right. Well, way off the rails. UCF. <laughs> God, stupid Aggies. Um, five and five on the season, two and five in big 12 play. Notch their second big 12 victory this weekend in a, in a, a monsoon. Uh, Oklahoma state couldn't figure out what to do. Uh, basically packed it in at halftime. It was 24 zero at the half. And that was all, that's all she wrote. Um, they cruised a 45 to three win. their other victory. Other big 12 win was at Cincinnati. So they, they got a, uh, uh, a new big 12 win and they got a legacy big 12 win. Um, they are a fascinating off. I've already said this, but they're 27th in the country in S and P plus SP plus Texas tech defense is 50th. Um, they're led Again, on the field by John Reese Plumley, fifth-year senior, six-foot, 200 guy. 106 of 168, so 63% completion percentage, 1,570 yards, 11 touchdowns to seven interceptions. So there's opportunity there. He hasn't played. Uh, he missed several games there in the middle uh, when they were losing games like the big loss to Baylor. <laughs> Golly, they, their backup was terrible. They lost. Was big- that the one he got knocked out on? No, no, no. I think he got knocked out against Kansas state. Okay. Okay. Which was a, it was a two score game, uh, at the end of that one. But, um, they gave up a 28 point lead to the Baylor. Um, they lost big to Kansas weird, close game at Oklahoma. Then a two score game versus West Virginia. Uh, So they, they lost five games there in the middle. Kansas State, Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma, West Virginia. They've gone 2-0 and since that five-game skid. You know who else is on a 2-0 heater? Texas Tech, baby. Let's That's go. right, baby. Um, on the ground, 63 carries for just under 400 rushing yards. Uh, four touchdowns this past weekend. Only threw the ball 18 times, but like I said, it was in a monsoon. Uh, eight. 11 of 18 for just under 300 yards. So the completions were going a mile, three touchdowns and a sack. Um, which again, like it seems like the, the pass attempts were, were affected by the rain, but not the, not the yards. Um, 14 carries 76 yards, uh, with a long of 17. Their rushing game, Michael is a thing to behold. It's, um, it's a weird, it's a blend. Uh, if you look at the, the Kansas State and Kansas's offense on a spectrum of quarterback option style running game, it fits between them, right? So you've got like more of a quarterback power type system with Kansas State and more of an option system with Kansas. UCF is going to fall in the middle there between those two. Like you will have some design quarterback run and power stuff, but it's going to be a lot of option because uh, they've got fantastic running backs, but their entire rushing offense uh, is ranked third in the country behind Liberty and a service Academy. 
They are fifth in yards per carry at 5.7 yards per carry. They are led by redshirt senior R.J. Harvey. It's kind of a smaller dude, 5'9", but 200 pounds. Already eclipsed 1,000 yards in the season, 170 carries for 1,134 yards, 6.4 yards per carry, 12 touchdowns. He picked up 214 yards this past weekend alone on 24 carries, which is 8.5 yards per carry, three touchdowns. Did have a 92-yarder in there, uh, but Michael, you found out that even without the 92-yarder, he ran for almost five and a half yards a carry. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't want anyone to skew. Well, yeah, you know, he had the 8.6 yards, but it's because of that. Well, sure. If you take that out, it's still 5.3. So every other handoff, he was getting a first down. So with his 1,134 yards, he is 26 yards behind our Taj Brooks. But Brooks has done it on 56 more carries. so um harvey's got 170 carries brooks has 226 uh brooks has eight touchdowns harvey's got 12 brooks is averaging still five and a third yards per carry um when it's not harvey it's johnny richardson another senior even smaller guy 57170 78 carries for 512 yards 518 yards Man, what what is it to have a productive backup? Six and a half yards of carry and just one touchdown. So between those three guys that are contributing almost 2,000 yards on the ground, um, your rush defense, which has been really good, going to have their hands full. Um, but when Plumlee drops back to pass, your pass defense is going to have to hold up, man, because they are led by a couple of bombers. Je- Javon Baker, 6'1", 210, 37 carries, 790 yards, good for 21 and a half yards a catch, which is mm. wild. Ten games in, five touchdowns. Opposite him is Kobe Hudson, 6'1", 200. 31 catches, 703 yards, which is good for almost 23 yards per catch, seven touchdowns. It really is those two guys. The next guy on the the list has just 200 receiving yards. So the top two guys have 700 and 800. Guy number three has 200. A couple of questions. Like, what's it like to have a couple of go-to tall wide receivers and, and, is this what an offense looks like with two guys? Like you said, 10 games in over 30 catches in averaging over 20 yards a catch. Is this what it looks like to establish the run? Maybe because when you, when you finally throw the ball, it's like, Oh oh, crap. Your leading receiver so far this season uh, is Jerron Bradley with 35 catches. So he's up there with uh, Javon Baker 423 yards. So almost exactly half. Well, yeah. And he probably got like most of those those catches this week. Yeah. On the last drive, 90 something yards on that last drive. It feels like, um, maybe over a hundred. I'm not sure. With that successful ground game, they are, their offense is good at 
keeping themselves on the field. They are tied for eighth in the whole country and third down conversion percentage. So we talked about how good Kansas was last week. UCF is better. Almost 50% of their third downs are being converted to first. They are tied for 64th or middle of the country here in terms of red red zone scoring percentage, 84.5%. So in 39 trips on the season, they have scored 33 times. 27 touchdowns of 33 scores. Six Six field goals. Passing offense, Michael, 261 yards per game, nine and a half yards per attempt. Could gravy if you hadn't picked up their <laughs> explosive passing offense. Those few numbers should help. 233.7 yards per game on the ground at 5.7 yards per carry. Converting. 50, just about 50% of their third down conversions, 56 of their fourth down and scoring 34 points per game. I would actually think those points per game would be higher than all the things I just told you about. But not yes. this weekend, Michael, yes. they're not scoring 35 this weekend. Well, they're averaging, Market. what is it? Is it almost, it's right at 600 yards of offense per game. This yeah. feels insane. This, the, all these numbers, I, I thought it was a typo. I was like, oh, I screwed that up when I, when I started coming in here. And there's no way they averaged 233.7 rushing yards per game. So this became, aside from how many points Texas Tech is allowing, they're averaging 500 yards of offense. Yeah. Well, you said, oh, yeah, you're right. 600. I carried the one, one too, too many far. times. <laughs> Just kept carried, the, it over. carried the one a couple of times. That's fine. Just 500 yards. That's Still fine. though, like when was the last time Texas Tech put up 500 yards of offense? When did they put up 400 yards of offense? Well, I th- just in a game. Yeah, or, yeah, in a single game, like. <laughs> it's I been don't a while. know. It's been a while. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's been a minute. Um, defensively, though, I think this is where obviously, when if you've got this kind of a great offense, but you're only five and five, um, you're going to be hamstrung by your defense. SP plus doesn't hate their defense. They're 60th. So they're top half going up against the 40th ranked offense. They go tumble to the Texas tech offense in the rankings here. After last week, they went 28 to 40. They are 124th and rush defense. Michael, you found they're giving up almost 200 yards per game on the ground. So while they're picking up 234, they're giving up 196. Whew. It's a lot, a lot, a lot on the ground. Um, which you thought I would have ex- assumed Ollie Gordon, Ollie Gordon of Oklahoma State would have just ate their lunch last week, but yeah, not. At first, I thought, well, that that almost seemed like a typo to me too. Like, there's no way they're that bad because they just smothered Oklahoma State last week. But then again, when you're up 24 to nothing in a monsoon, I doubt they're RTDB that much, but. We might see just nonstop RTDB in Lubbock on Saturday. It's it might be some pretty fun football to watch. Yeah, uh, last weekend's Oklahoma State they had three interceptions. So the 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 parts of the game I was able to watch and on the in the research capacity today, they were really opportunities so when they took over the ball. They scored on those, those possessions. Uh, they I know one of the early scores. For UCF was deep in Oklahoma State possess, uh, 
in their part of the field. Um, so I, I think they were up 14, nothing in like five minutes of game time. So e- even that before they got to the, uh, um, before the weather got too bad, like they were like Oklahoma state was already down two scores, uh, real fast. Um, something that's going to like, that felt really weird to me as I was going through the, the prep today, you would think you'd find a red flag, um, or that it would be kind of carried out. We talked about how bad their rush defense is that they'd be led in tackles by like a defensive back. The first defensive back on their tackles list is sixth. Like it almost seems like, like they have a good fundamental sound defensive front when mm. it's linebacker, linebacker, defensive tackle, defensive end, defensive lineman, linebacker, like your top guys are all in, in, within the front seven, but not when you're giving up five yards per carry and 196 yards per game. <laughs> so um, they're led in tackles by a senior linebacker, Jason Johnson, 6'2", 225, 86 total tackles, for reference, I think Ben Roberts is is close to closing in on a on hundred tackles, um, which is also something that's amazing because he, he didn't even start as a as a starter. He didn't start the season as a starter, um, and he's a freshman. He's got eighty one, so right about the same number as Jason Johnson. He's got five more, fifty one solo. Um, Roberts has forty five solo. Uh, and then Johnson's got one sack. Their second guy, Walter Yates, the third, is a linebacker, 6'1", 220, 57 tackles, 32 solos. So J- Jason Johnson is their all-over-their-field defender. Um, They've got great defensive ends, Michael. And this, again, what we were talking about earlier with Brandon Sharp and, and Daniel Howard. Mm-hmm. Defensive end, Traymon Morris-Brash. Remember that name. He's going he's gonna to be everywhere. Eight and a half sacks so far this season. Um, it's not, not too terribly big, six two two forty five, Um, and they're fairly standard four man front defense. I mean, it looks like a nickel defense you would see anywhere. Um, but he's disruptive. And then on the opposite side, Malachi Lawrence, big dude, six four two seventy for defensive end, six and a half sacks. So between the two of them, they've got 15 sacks the rest of the team combines for nine and then they've got nine interceptions. Um, they don't, their pass defense. I don't know if it's because their, their, their rush defense is so bad. Um, their pass defense gives up 205 yards per game at just about seven yards per attempt. So not bad, uh, actually better than what Texas tech offense puts up, uh, which is 231 yards at six and a half yards per attempt. It's because we throw so many balls to the sideline. Stop it. Mm-hmm. Sucks. So it's the only place they can go. It's the only place they can go, Spencer. That's it. And okay, when I say to the sideline, straight lines, down I mean, the sideline. I mean, like on the line Don't of scrimmage dare curve or behind to the goal post. <laughs> Don't do it. Um, and then they're giving up 196 you got yards on the ground at almost five yards per carry, 4.9. Texas Tech is running for 169 yards per game at four and a half yards per carry. Uh, allowing teams to convert 42% of third downs and allowing teams to score about 27 points per game. Texas Tech is scoring 29 points per game. So. So, yeah, I'm, you know, I did that. I did that list recently. So this season and the 15 before it, Texas Tech has 
allowed below 30 points four times. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many times they have scored below 30 points per game in that stretch. Cause uh, it, it might be less. I need to go back and find that. This is my Super Bowl today. Um, just so frustrating <laughs> to have a defense do what they're doing, and then the offense is just yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll get thirty points per game. Who knows? So, looking at uh, we, we we didn't get the the full um, stats of war game preview, but he did release the opponent adjusted success rate that I wanted to share. Um, if you haven't seen it, X, Y graph, like the further up you are vertically on the list, the better your defense is, the further to the right, the better your offense is. Um, offensively, as much as I just talked about how, um, how great UCF's offense is, Almost like Dex Tech and UCF is, are almost aligned on the offensive success rate. Opponent adjusted. But where there's a huge gap is defensive success rate where Texas Tech is more on the positive side where, or, where you're performing in a positive fashion and UCF is way negative. So if you look at the XY where it, it um, the intersect where like uh, average on both, um, UCF is just a tick to the right, better than average offense. Texas Tech is close to average offense, but Texas Tech is um, two orders above the line on defensive success. UCF is two orders below the line at defensive success. So to me, that tells me as long as things continue to play out the way they were and Plumlee does just doesn't eat your lunch, which running quarterbacks have always eaten Texas Tech's lunch. It's, it's not even a DeRuiter thing. Um, that your defense is better than their defense. And that could be the difference in the game. Ironically enough, Michael, in between these two teams, we talked about like games you shouldn't have lost and games that you, you just destroyed the opponent. Baylor and BYU actually pretty close to the middle point between Texas Tech and UCF. That's how bad Ooh. their their defense is. Um, Kansas just for in terms of um, uh, having something to 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 compare to Kansas and Houston about the same as UCF defensively. So just well, I mean that's. Those are some good things because Tech was able to, um, you know, score pretty easily on Houston, mm-hmm. at least. And it looked like you were going that that direction against Kansas too, and then something changed. Right, and the Houston was at home, so that whatever that entails, um, and it was a healthy Baron Morton that entire game, correct? Uh, against Houston? Yes, I no. think so. What? No, it would have been uh, that would have been Shuck. Shuck didn't go down I until, Shuck went until down. Uh, West Virginia. Oh, it was Houston, then West Virginia, wasn't it? Yes. Okay. My bad. 
football schedule just just so I'm not like losing my mind, which is possible. It's it's been a long season, man. Oregon, Tarleton. Nope, West Virginia was first. Okay, I kind of thought so. West Virginia was game four, but I I didn't believe myself enough to argue. Yeah. So West Virginia on September 23rd, Houston September 30th. But you did you did win 49-28. But Morton was hurt in the West Virginia game. So you still haven't seen him a fully healthy Morton. There are times when you're like, oh, there's there's Morton of old, but like stretches in the game against Kansas. You're like, he can't lift his arm, he can't make that throw. Um, but then he doesn't sometimes. It's like he's just flowing man so let's get to predictions our predictions for the game michael texas tech currently as of today is a three-point favorite at home again we talked about SB plus ranking these teams 40th and 41st so super close home team gets three points there you go um i love the ucf offense you do. I Mal- Malzaniak over there. Malzaniak has me worried um, that those, as, as good as our defense has been, their strengths have, like, their rushing strength aligns with our strength on defense, but they are also really dang good at explosive pass plays. Um. I'm 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 pick with my heart because I, I I absolutely have to have Texas Tech win six games this season. I'm taking Texas Tech to win a close one, 31-27. Which I, is hitting the under, which would be a surprise for these two teams. But I thought you were gonna hit the over last week, so who knows? Well, I had Texas Tech winning the, or excuse me, losing the last two weeks. That's my genius. Pink Raider. On show, yes. But I'm tempted to do it again for the reverse jinx. I don't know, but I just, I like this matchup too much. And I'm like you, I really want to get to that six wins before they go to Austin. I know it's not out of reach completely in Austin, they're going to play a football game, but you know, it sure would be nice going into Austin with that magical sixth win already under your belt. And then on top of that, let me see. Not only would it be six wins, uh, as far as big 12 standings, that would put Tex that would guarantee a Texas tech winning record in the big 12, which would be only the third time this has happened since 2009. Mm-hmm. And the second time was last year. Yep, you are currently four and three. Yeah. In Big 12 play, which is wild to me with how the, the season started. Um, so you, getting this one would put you at five and three with worst case scenario, you finish five and four. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just no way you could finish with a losing Big 12 season. So I really like the sound of that. And I'm going to predict Tech to win with a, a lower scoring game little bit lower scoring game than you because of history. I think, well, I just think we're going to run out of time because there's just going to be, everybody's just going to be running the ball so much. You're just going to look up and you won't even have time to finish your blue plate special 
that you got on the way home to to watch the game. It's going to be like 4.45 and halftime's about to start. And then Tech's going to end up winning, let's go, 24 to 19. Don't ask me how they get 19. I don't care. just sounds fun. All right. Um, looking ahead Quick. this. One more thing, Spencer. Yes. I went back to my Super Bowl. So as you were expertly dissecting the success rate graph, <laughs> I went really back through. Like, it, you, you have to see it. Okay. It's on Stats of War Twitter, Parker Fleming from today. So, Go ahead. It was great. You painted a beautiful picture. I was tabulating offensive points per game from 2008 until now. And I'm just going to note a few of them. Let's see. 2010, Tuberville's first year, you both allowed and scored exactly 32 points per game. 32.00 on both things. Uh, The year of the greatest disparities, 2008. No real surprise there. As we talked earlier, 26.9 allowed on defense, 44.8 per game on offense. So there was a nice little 18-point disparity there. On the opposite end, 2014 was actually the worst. Yeah, you were like 40 year, weren't you? Um, yes. Yes, because that was after the Holiday Bowl. So Tech allowed 41.1 but then only scored 30.7. And then what's maddening is during the Mahomes years in 15, going back to it again, Tech allowed 41.4, but scored 47.3. Golly. The highest in this entire stretch. And then the next year allowed 43.5, scored 43.7. Just unreal. Uh, so back to what I was trying to get to this whole time. The last time Texas tech scored this low on offense was the COVID year. And it was exactly the same number, 29.1 points per game, which was also the last time over this stretch back to 08 that this offense has scored less than 30 points per game. Not great. And this is one of your, higher disparities because of how well the defense is, you know, a Mm -hmm. disparity in the right direction, a positive disparity as opposed to negative, like in 2020 and in 2014 and in 2011. So not great as, as we've all known, but not really sure what to do about it now except move on, move forward. So that's what I'll try to do. Sorry, man. I just had to bring that up one more time. And I just kind of wanted to give a shout out to the 2008 team as well as my goodness, that 2015 and 16 offense. It's just like a crazy outlier just out there in the middle of nowhere. Averaging 30 something, 30 something, 30 something, 47, 43, 30 something, 30 something. something. (laughs) Now 20, but still have losing records in both of those years. 
Imagine scoring 47.3 points per game. And going five and seven. <laughs> I mean, I can. I lived it. I was yeah. right out of school. We were there. We were there. I wasn't doing the podcast, but I was writing for uh, Staking the Plains <gasps> two times a week at that point. So I was covering well, and then The disparity in 09 was awesome, too. Allowing 23.2 points per game, scoring 36. So if a 13-point disparity right there in the right direction. Hmm. If only. Okay. We're back. We're back. Regular I scheduled think, programming. I think, unfortunately, Michael, there's going to be enough justifying factors that you can say, well, blah, 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 and not like the offense scored 28 points per game. Like we should have a new offensive coordinator. Oh, sure. sure. I, th- I think, I mean, I think the, there's enough like room to give benefit of the doubt to like, are we going to really roll with him again? I think we are, unfortunately. I think so too. And unless Kaylee decides on his own to go somewhere else or someone offers him something else and oh, he decides to take it. <laughs> but no, I, I'm or not. Baylor. Baylor could come open. Houston could come open. Yeah, it's it's hard for me to. Yes, it's easy for me to focus on the points per game or, you know, five losses, but <laughs> five losses and it's, you know, that was before November started. Good lord! But well, that's what yeah, worth, that's what quarterback industry industry quarterback the quarterback industry has been down this year. Um, but yeah. I know that's going to be something to genuinely look at. And he's been stuck with a very similar scenario two years in a row, except luckily last year, QB three was a lot closer to QB two than this year. As far as in, in terms of being able to read a defense and make decisions, make throws and just had more experience. So it's now we're seeing, unfortunately a very similar situation behind center this year, but with a, a different QB three who, who still has a ways to go. So yeah, that's, you can't not factor that in, but yeah, I, I don't expect anything to change on the sideline this year aside from folks who want to leave or folks who have a, an offer that they, that you, that they just can't turn down. Yeah. Let's look around the Big 12 real quick before we get to basketball. What do you think? Sure. Yeah. Um, we're not going to recap last week's game. We're already passed that. Let's just look at this weekend's game. Yeah? Got it. Yeah. All right. Works. Oklahoma, 24 and a half point favorites on the road at BYU, 11 a.m. ESPN. So 10 a.m. in Provo? Yeah. That was Guys. a morning game. Um, give me BYU to cover. If I, I do appreciate we had the Steven commitment Steven to the OU 11 a.m. bit, though, <laughs> even when they go to freaking Provo, Utah. Oh, yeah? Well, you're going to still play at 11 a.m. Yeah. Are you taking BYU to or the, are you taking BYU to cover? Or I would take BYU it? to cover. I, I know exactly. that they have not done well, but... It's a lot of points, though. That's a lot of points. Coming off of a kind of a stinker of a... No, they actually rolled last week, but... They they kind of had a stinker in Bedlam. 
Cincinnati at West Virginia. Can West Virginia bounce back? They are about a touchdown favorite at home. 130 ESPN plus. I I think I'm done doubting West Virginia, even though that probably would have helped me last week. But I would take them. I think I'd take them to cover. I think Cincinnati can cover this. All right. Okay. All right. Baylor at TCU. TCU thirteen point home favorites. Two thirty ESPN plus. Baylor's going to get smoked. Agree. Again. TCU's still really ticked off that they lost to Texas. I don't know what to think about Oklahoma State anymore. Besides, <laughs> Me I mean, either. I, I, I guess you can still say that, like, they were kind of punched in the mouth and then Weather took over and helped UCF hold on. But they are a seven-point road favorite in Houston, 3 p.m. ESPN2. Like, this feels like it should be easily Oklahoma State's game. So, like, I'll, cautiously, I'll, I'll take the Cowboys to, to win and to cover, but I don't know, man. You've kind of talked me into Houston because last week on the Action app, I had my best week I've probably ever had, and that was because I everything I thought was a no-brainer, I bet the opposite. Okay. So Houston plus seven. Kansas State at Kansas, 6 p.m. FS1. Kansas State, eight-point favorites on the road. Are they without Jason Bean? I don't know. I haven't kept up with them enough. If they are, then I would say, yeah, for sure, Kansas State rolls. But uh, Yeah, I haven't looked either. I, w- I would have to look before I make one for sure. But because I, I feel like this would be really close, as good as Kansas State's played last week and as good as they are capable of playing, I do think a fully healthy Kansas is going to, is going to be something that can keep it within a touchdown. But if Texas tech, they they have a shot to make it to the, the, the championship game title game outside chance. Okay. Okay. Hear me out. Four okay. and three. There are four teams ahead of them at five and two. Oklahoma State, so if they lose to to Houston and 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 Texas Tech wins this week in Central Florida, then they're gonna be tied. Oklahoma would need to stumble mightily. Kansas State, if Kansas comes out and punches them, Iowa State's taking on Texas, so you got that. And then uh, you know, West Virginia gonna have their hands full with Cincinnati. They're at four and three. Kansas would be at four and three, uh, but if they beat Kansas State, they'd be five and three. You'd be five and three, but you'd have the tiebreaker there. There's a shot, Michael. You play your way into the Big 12 title game. It would be a rematch in Texas in back-to-back weeks. Don't love that. (laughs) No. But Texas Tech could still play in the Big 12 title game. Starts with winning this weekend, though. So It all starts with winning this weekend. Let's get that ball rolling speaking about rolling ball ball rolling basketball round ball oh golf oh never mind love golf uh actually i hate golf i I would love to be good (laughs) at it but i suck i don't have the time energy or money to devote to improving at this time in my life but basketball texas tech basketball two and oh on the season 
two very different looking games. Granted, one was against a 300 and then one was against, uh, you know, top half type team. Uh, Haslametrics, Ken Palm and BPI all moved you up a few spots. You're within 40 to 45 and those rating systems. Um, Ken Palm, they, they, they will rank your adjusted offense, defense and tempo. Adjusted defense for Ken Palm has you at fifth. So welcome back to the the realm of fantastic defenses at Texas Tech. Not that it was ever really gone, but I think you were in the the teens, uh, low twenties last season. Top five right now, adjusted for your opponents. Hundred and twelfth offense, not terrible. Top third. Um. But then here's the thing that I think everybody's gonna have their problem with, and they're like, "Well, you're gonna give them, gotta give them time. It's only been two games. Well, then you gotta throw the other other ratings out too. If it's if it's only been two games, and you can't count anything, but through two games, your adjusted tempo is three hundredth, Michael, three hundredth. Yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I, we we saw a lot of things in that exhibition game, or I didn't see them because I wasn't physically there. That was the only way to see it, but. There were, I forgot what it was, Spencer, maybe 30 fast break points. Something like that, yeah. 28, something crazy like that. And that has not continued. You're being out-rebounded bad. Warren Washington. I think they did okay against San Jose State, but. but Washington. Yeah. He he baffles me, Michael. Like, he plays much smaller than his size. I, I think I said that after the first game, but like. He's getting blocked. Um, he's being out rebounded, out jumped. It's like you are seven freaking feet tall. Let's let's figure out how to use your your height and protect the ball and go grab a rebound. Um, you had a chance this weekend, this week, excuse me. Uh, Thursday, taking on Texas A and M Corpus Christi, going for the Texas A and M system sweep here. Already taken down College Station, Commerce, now Corpus Christi. Um, Lady Raiders will also be playing Corpus Christi uh, and or Commerce. Um, but they are the the Hooks, I believe, are Islanders. They're the Islanders. The baseball team is the Hooks. Uh, Texas A&M, Corpus Christi, Islanders. 279th ranked team has the metrics. You're 45th uh, projected to be about a 20 point victory for Texas tech 80 to 60, 81, 61. Um, and then your next game on the hardwood will be next Wednesday. When you tip off in the battle for Atlantis tournament against Villanova, who is top 20 ish in the, the, these rankings. Um, Projected to be a very, very close game uh, that at this point uh, is in favor of Villanova, but it's 69.3 to 68.2. So it's 1.1 points. Anything that close, obviously, it's going to come down to how well you execute. Uh, well, and Villanova just lost to the Quakers, I think, last night. Is that a pen? Yeah. Ooh. And then your next games after that little tournament will be Thursday the 30th, but we will be back in time for that. One um, question for you. Yes, sir. 
what would you like to see in these next two or three games? What would you like to see improvement upon or what would make you feel a little bit better? Because it's not standing right on offense. There you go. I read uh, that there's a great article from The Athletic on McCasland. I really enjoyed it. Uh, I, I wish it was something that could have come out in the summer, but it obviously couldn't have because the reporter was embedded with the team on their trip to Denton to play Texas A&M. So obviously everything he gathered was not going to be able to come out, but so much of his history and his backstory and, you know, how he was raised and kind of where he got his tenacity and everything. A lot of that stuff I didn't know. So if you subscribe to the athletic or if you know someone who does definitely check it out. But even with that, I know that there's stuff that this team can improve upon. I'm still expecting them to kind of be middle of the pack big 12 this year. But the the main thing I'd like to see Spencer is let, let's have some, let's have some three pointers go in the, go in the basket. Let's do a little bit of that. Let's have any shots. Uh, if you watch the game against San Jose state, like nothing was going down. So like you struggling offensively, um, well, yeah, I mean, you you had you had some issues with, with tempo and standing around and not moving the ball very well, but also like you you had you had decent looks a lot, uh, and the ball wasn't falling. You just you just couldn't get the ball to, to go through the hoop for you. Both ends of the floor, it wasn't like one basket was off or something. You just had an off shooting night uh, until it really mattered there at the end, where you went on an eighteen to two yeah. run to close it out, which um, was incredible. Fantastic. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I we we can't diminish that because that game was ugly and it was back and forth the entire time. There were um, nineteen lead changes. Mm-hmm. The score was tied five times. I mean, it, it's not like it was just. If if you come in and you look at that score, oh, 56-42, yeah, Tech took care of business. No, they were only up by one and a half, and then, like you said, they rattled off a, a crazy run at the end to finally, finally put it away. Yeah. And part of that was San Jose State lost a guy, you know, one of their big scorers, one of their big defenders yeah, lost him fouling out. Yeah. And it, it's still, I mean, teams win. Teams win ugly. Good teams win ugly. Bad teams win ugly. Not really that much. But I, I thought that was a good testament to McCaslin and kind of how he handled it afterwards just – addressing the fact that yeah none of the shots were going in Isaac's had a particularly rough night he was expressing that but also talking about how well Isaac's played otherwise I mean it's it's not like that's not true both things can be true so you know I think Isaac's will hit his groove at some point but yeah the 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 three-point percentage has got to get better because game one Tech was five of 23 for 21.7%. And a couple of us in the discord were like, I, this is probably going to be the worst it's ever going to be. And I was thinking, yeah, I'm with you. And then next game was worse. It was four of 25. Oh no, that was San Jose state. Sorry. Tech was three of 16 for 18.8% on three-point shooting. They were 0 for 8 in the first half. I don't think, and they were 3 for 8 in the second, and I think two of those were late in the game during that run you mentioned. 
So I, that's what I would like to see a little bit more consistency from three. I don't want to abandon it uh, because it's, it's a big part of the game and mm-hmm. these guys need to get a little bit more confidence and see that ball go in. So keep, keep firing it, keep going, you know, stick with the game plan, whatever it is, but I'd like to see some more go in. That's all. Yeah. Speaking of liking to see a ball go in, um, your man, Kevin McCullough just missed a fast break layup like a stoop. Sucks <laughs> to suck. They are currently trailing 17th ranked Kentucky. And whatever You're game they're salty. playing in. Oh my God. Salty over there. Kevin McCullough can just <laughs> fire all of his on the Red Raider for life or whatever he try to sell us to get him to leave his Twitter alone. Um, that game's got four minutes left. Kentucky up by three on number one, Kansas. Um, let's wrap this up with what did we learn, Michael? And then uh, get you to your programming notes for the next oh. little bit. We're going to be a little, little vacay. Okay. But games okay. will go on. So let's wrap this up and get to what do we learn? What do we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. All right. The family and I taking a little bit of a unconventional trip to the beach this week. Uh, we're heading out of town Friday. We'll be back Thanksgiving Day going to South Padre. So hopefully far enough south it'll be warm. It's supposed to be like 70s, 80s. Warmer well, to swim? I don't know. But it won't be cold. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Well, you can at least enjoy the beach. Yeah, the, we, we the atmosphere the of the beach. Yes, uh, it's supposed to. It's supposed to be be beautiful and clear the whole time we're there. So, uh, what that means, though, is that there will not be an instant reaction this weekend. Michael's also going to the game. Uh, days that he or I go to a game means one of us are trying to do an instant reaction from the car, while the rest of the family is duct tape, basically. <laughs> We have young children. They're not going to be quiet on their no. own. No. Um, or just our wives. It happens. Mine, mine's, mine's a talker. Um, it's whatever. It's fine. We're just not having a, we're not having Instagram mine, this week. Mine would be quiet, but visibly bored. <laughs> like, and that would be distracting. Watch. Like distractingly visibly bored. <laughs> um, the game is early enough. You're like, well, can, can we, we didn't, we didn't eat enough snacks in the stadium. We need to go catch a late dinner. Like, what are we doing, Michael? Let's go. Tell Spencer to shut up. He's at the beach. <laughs> Anyways. no. I hear, the, I hear the seagulls. What's he doing? That's a duck. Um, no instant reaction. And also because I won't be back until Thursday, no preview for Texas. Sorry, fam. Uh, but we will be back in time to watch the game and do an instant reaction on Friday. So we'll be back after this week, this episode, we're going to have essentially a week and a half off. We'll miss two of our regular scheduled episodes. We'll be back for instant reaction versus Texas. So keep that in your back pocket. Know that that's where we're at. Um, kicking it up on the beach or at, at the game. Enjoying a text tech victory. Michael, what'd you learn? I am during this hiatus. As you mentioned, I will be at the UCF football game. I have secured the tickets. 
And we plan on going as a family to see the Lady Raiders take on UTSA, which I believe is next Monday. Since the kids are out of school, I think the tip-off's at 6. And really looking forward to that, hoping that works out, hoping everyone in our household is healthy. That's always something you've got to yep. hope for this time of year, which buying UCF tickets was even a gamble a little early earlier this week. Uh, my wife's not feeling so hot, so hopefully she'll bounce back by Saturday. We'll see. Um, but anyway, really excited about that. So the next time we record, of course, we'll we'll be doing the instant reaction after the Texas game. So we'll focus on that. But I'd like to kind of reflect my thoughts on Texas Tech's new game day experience and looking forward to the LEDs and all that jazz. And then also looking forward to the Lady Raiders game. Those have been a lot of fun to watch from home this season. Looks like a pretty explosive offense. I mean, missing Bryn Gerlich is is huge, I think. But, but these Moppin girls will be able and, to figure uh, it out. And Shavers have been really yeah. kicking tail, bud. buddy. They really what have. I call you bud for. That's weird. Hey, man. Hey, bro. Hey, dude. Well, and, hey, and one thing I'd like to, I'd like to, I feel like maybe you're helping me out a little bit here by saying it's, you're going to a, kind of a, you're going with your family you're going to the beach but you also know that the farming simulator 22 premium edition was just released today and i, I feel like you're did not know you're that. just you're just kind of glossing over that to make me feel better and to give me the chance to just play that non-stop for the yeah. next 10 days here's 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 a problem michael i i've been out of farming something for a little while i i tried to get back in it um the issue I was having was it had been so long since I played. I had so many updates that like <laughs> it legitimately took like I, I had logged on three different times to play. And I was like, this has to update. And then like all the mods have to update. All the maps have to update, which is yeah. the problem with getting a game like was super new. Like when we did, when I did at least, um, everything was so new. Like you didn't have anything. And now there's a bunch of mods out there. So I haven't had a lot of time after the updates have been completed. Um, Kentucky just like Kansas shoot lights out from three. They just back to back. Now they're within two. Um, now that they're updated, I'm, I'm, I'm going out of town. I did, I did get a new map um, and I was going to start a whole new, new farm there. But like the spot on the map that's designated for your, your, home farm your facilities your mm-hmm. your house all that kind of stuff it's not flat or level and it won't let me build there it's like map creators look i i i love i love undulations in the ground whatever whatever if i have to build a building here go ahead and make it flat for me because i can't figure out the landscaping in this game it's Xbox the worst especially. man I, I I've learned never you have to turn auto save off anytime you do any okay i'm going to build a shed and then you build it and it looks like you've built a moat or something, or it's like seven, seven or eight feet below ground level. Like, what, what, why? What, what happened? Having, How am I going to drive my tractor into this? Problem I was having was the opposite. Like I would build it and it would like, they'd have this huge steep incline up <laughs> into the, into the shed. I was like, that's not going to fly. <laughs> You're just. So then I, I demolished the building and I had to like restart and then I was trying to like level it out. And then it was like, it wasn't leveling out. I, I was trying to like smooth it and level it and I couldn't tell if it needed to come up or down. Oh yeah. 
Oh, it's the worst. Landscaping is. Oh. So I scrapped that. What, map. what map was it? Do you remember? The Big Texas Flats or whatever it's called. That one wasn't was, flat. I know it's got flat in the name. I was like, this I've is messed be- with that one a little bit because I was going to do some screenshots from the 23P account with like the Texas flag in the background. And then I just never got around to it. So I went back to the updated Green River map and I was starting over there. Oh, you're just back to the same one from 19. Yeah. That one's pretty good though. I, I spent so many hours on that one. That was that was the one. I, I I want to do the Texas one. I just can't figure out the landscaping issue. I think that Missouri one might be pretty good too. You might look into that. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm, Alma? not I'm not interested in like the the forestry heavy ones or the ones in Europe. Those oh are, sure, those aren't for me. I like the Europe ones because they're a little bit more challenging. The roads are so much smaller, and the gates, and you just can't get the. Okay, <laughs> you're shaking your head. You're like no. You can use the European equipment over here in America. You can you run Kloss equipment or whatever, but but why would you? I why just love you not, this game. Do John Deere or Massey? Not Massey. Pfft, case. Yeah. So with the premium edition, I can now plant and harvest carrots oh. and beets and parsnips. Get you some of that action. Uh, I I haven't even figured out how how they were expanded past. Um, into like potatoes and sugar cane. I, I never even messed with that on the original on, on 19 or 22. Really? Um, I just did good old grains, corn, sunflowers, cotton. You did cotton. Yeah, you did a lot of cotton. I know a lot of people don't do that. I think it's really tough. I wonder how. And like this, your, 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 your harvester is so narrow. Yeah. Well, it, it's just so specified. It's not like you can use it for anything else. Right. It's not I, like I, buying I, a, I, a combine I, and you can harvest nine things with it. Those headers are almost universal in those grain fields. Soybeans, all good things. Ah, I just harvested some soybeans on on the Switch. On my Switch version. I have it on Switch and on Xbox. Switch, it's Farming Simulator 23. Do, do, do you, have to, you have to pay for that separately? You do, don't you? Yes. Yeah. I might, I might, I might look into that. But, but then, I have, still, then, that's, I have, then I have to take the switch away from Grayson. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. That's that's the price you pay. That'll do it for us. <laughs> 23 Personnel Podcast, where food, sports, and farming simulator meet clash at the goal line. Um, hopefully getting you ready for the UCF game this weekend. Should be a pretty entertaining, evenly matched game uh, here at Lubbock. Both Michael and I are, are pulling for the Redders to get this one, get the sixth win out of the way now before heading to Austin next week. That'll do it for us. For Michael, I'm Spencer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast. Help us out by subscribing, rating the show, and leaving a review. Follow us on Twitter at 23 Personnel, Spencer at Punt Suck, and Michael at Michael underscore LBK. Be sure to catch the next episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.